What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the SB Nation National League Championship Series preview show presented by T-Mobile. I'm Eric Steven from True Blue LA. I cover the Dodgers. With me is Chris Willis of Talking Chop. He covers the Braves. Uh, it's a rematch this year. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Eric. How are you? Pretty good. Um, yeah, the Braves and the Dodgers are intimately familiar, I would say, mm-hmm. in the in the playoffs. It's the third time in the last four years. So there's I would it, for in most scenarios, I would say there's not a lot that we don't know about these teams, but there's enough new stuff this year that makes it like more interesting. But I guess we could start off since we're recording this uh, the day before the NLCS starts. The Dodgers just beat the Giants uh, on Thursday night in kind of an epic game five. Um, were, I know you're on the East Coast. Were you able to stay up to watch that game or what, what were your impressions when you when you saw that? Uh, it was a it was a heck of a game, a heck of a series all the way around. I did stay up and watch. Uh, just couldn't couldn't uh, turn away from it. Honestly, uh, you know, so I, I mean, it was more of a coin flip of a series than what I was expecting. Honestly, um, uh, but our, every game seemed like it was hanging in the balance late. Uh, I think, with the exception of maybe Game Four, but. Um, you know, just a great series all the way around, two great teams. So, you know, it's it's a shame. Somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. It's kind of the way I came away from it. Yeah, that I sort of feel like the Dodgers like survived the series almost more than they won it. I mean, they did win it, but like uh it was just an intense, intense five games. I mean, you know, the Dodgers won 106, the Giants won 107, so they were obviously two great teams. It's weird. That they, I know they played in the division series, and it's just weird all the way around. But also, like the way it ended, it, it's a two-one game for Max Scherzer the, coming out of the uh, bullpen for his first career save. But it ends on a pretty bad check swing call. I think um, Wilmer Flores was called out on a, a ball he pretty clearly like did not swing on, and then so that's the final out. So it's sort of it's like a bad. Um, final bite of a great meal i guess is the best way to put that but uh like just uh, not a good way to end it what was weird i heard the giants broadcast i believe john miller and mike kruko like right away they're like well very clearly i mike kruko was saying this a former pitcher uh very clearly that that was a swing and the season's over like they um, and then i don't know if they like after that if they changed their tune like because the reaction online seemed to be almost universal like that was clearly a swing um but yeah i don't know it's just just a weird way to end it i guess yeah i mean it's disappointing because there's it's such a great series such a great game it, you know you don't want to be focused on on a call that ends it at the uh, you know at the for the final out you know i'd much rather have seen the talk around the 
you know, how great a series that was uh, today. But, uh, you know, it's part of the game, unfortunately. I mean, those check swing calls, those are tough. Um, you know, uh, you don't I, – I would hate to be in that position, honestly, uh, at that point. We've seen we've seen uh, worse, certainly, not called and um, seen it go the other way too. So, you know, it's, it was just a tough way to end. Um you know, but I mean, still to me, it didn't, it didn't, um, it didn't put a black eye completely on the series. I thought it was a good, it was a good thing. When Scherzer out there, you know, that just, uh, that just added to it. Yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, no single play usually is the sole determinant of a, a game or a series. Uh, I know a lot of Dodger fans online were, were trying to, um, sort of, uh, make an equivalency between the, the check swing last night. And then there was a game in July at Dodger stadium where Darren Ruff pretty clearly swung on what would have been strike three to end a Dodgers win, but it ended up uh, being ball four. Uh, and the giants ended up winning that game. And then they won the, the division by one game so that you could, you could see where like, I don't know. It's just weird. But like, there were a lot of stuff that happened in that game that, that beyond that. So it wasn't, it's not a one to win one thing, but, yeah, it's just uh, there was that series was a lot, and now it's like okay. Now the the weird thing about the playoffs is like oh, then right away like we have another series here. It's like you just it just keeps going, man. Like it's uh, and I think it's going to be pretty great. I know I will say going in, you know the the difference, right? So the the Braves they won eighty eight games, the Dodgers won one hundred six. So you, you think on paper, huge difference between the two teams, but I think like given how sort of the Braves changed their season around, like, you know, around July or August um, and the way they played down the stretch, I think they're a lot closer than people realize, or, you know, and at least matchup wise, uh, what, what are your, uh, I guess, what are your thoughts just generally on how, how the Braves uh, like turn things around this year? Um, well, it is like a different team. Uh, I mean, they went through a ton of adversity, um, throughout, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. Obviously is the biggest, the biggest name there, but Mike Soroka, who would uh, no doubt play a huge part in this series if he was healthy. And in fact, you know, I feel like, you know, that would have, Braves are probably looking at a bullpen game one day, uh, one at one some point in this series. And that's something that wouldn't be happening. Soroka was healthy. Um, you know, remade their whole outfield uh, at the trade deadline, you know, and still kind of sputtered. I mean, they, you know, at the end of August there, get swept in Los Angeles. Um, but I do remember that series, and it was interesting. I think the Braves gave away leads late in two of those games. Um, and, you know, it was it was the start of a West Coast trip, but you come out of that series and you're just like, I mean, the, the difference in the records at that point were was substantial. Um and, but you came out of that thinking, man, you know, they can actually play with this Dodgers team a little bit. So, you know, you, the gap doesn't feel as wide as the numbers are. I, I know, you know, if the Braves had been in a different division, they would have been buried early. Um, you know, so, you know, th- that being said, but, you know, I thought it was pretty impressive the way they, they got through Milwaukee and, and, in that series. And, and like you said, I don't think the intensity level was quite what you guys uh, felt with the, uh, with the giants, but it was still one of those situations where it seemed like every pitch, every at bat, you know, the whole the whole weight of the, each game was uh, laying on it. So, you know, it's going to be two battle-tested teams, I think, matching up. Yeah, last year, um, you know, the 
the Dodgers, I think, were like pretty clearly seen as the favorites going into that NLCS. Obviously, it was a weird year. It was all played in the same stadium, and it was – thank God we have off days this year because last year, seven days and seven – or seven games and seven days was just absolute brutal, like, to cover. <laughs> like, um, But, yeah, like, I, I think – that and that series was insane. Like, like obviously the Braves had a three-one lead, and and like every game late was close, right? Like, right. so it was just like maximum intensity for like the entire thing. And I, I sort of expect, you know, more of the same going into this. But you, so you mentioned um, how, how the the Braves were like hanging with the Dodgers. I think a, a lot of that. I was just looking at some very base level numbers, like before we started. Um, and so since August 1st, the Braves uh, have a 342 staff ERA as a whole. That's third in Major League Baseball. Now, the Dodgers were first at 264 and the Giants were second. But like third in baseball, like that's obviously excellent. And I was so I guess Ian Anderson, he he missed some time with shoulder inflammation. and But he came back in late August. How, how did the Braves sort of fill that? those innings like before he came back? Um, well, it was a little bit of a mix. Um, you know, Huascar Yanoa came, uh, saw some starts, um, and and he didn't pitch real well after he came back off the thing. Drew Smiley was getting starts. Um, Tuki Toussaint um, pitched some big games early and, and kind of faltered at the end. So, you know, it was, it was a um, – kind of a perfect storm really uh the Braves were moving pieces around but as as somebody would uh started to struggle they had another guy getting healthy or you know another option to stick in uh in that spot you know we also saw rookie Kyle Muller um make some make some pretty big starts at, at different points during the season um so you know I feel pretty good about the uh rotation coming coming out of the NLDS uh you know Ian Anderson he he struggled a little bit once he come off the um the injured list uh, he went two straight games with no strikeouts which was kind of uh eye-opening honestly it made you wonder just if if he really was healthy or not but it seems like now he started to uh he started to find it again. He's not a guy that's probably going to go eight, seven, eight innings. You know, he's he's more of a five inning, six inning guy. Uh, but that's pretty big, um, considering where you know where they're at and the way uh, Charlie Morton and Max Fried have pitched. You know, so um, more importantly, I think the Braves got out of that. They got out of the NLDS with in four games. So you know, you're going to see the you're going to see those three lined up in some in some order. Uh, before they have to really start worrying about a bullpen. Yeah, it's, the Braves, you know, just kind of laid waste to the Brewers' offense, I think, the pitching did. You guys gave up, what, six runs in four games? The The Dodgers only gave up ten runs in five games to the Giants. Like, uh, So it's going to be a, a just an epic pitching matchup. But you, you sort of mentioned the rotation. Um the Dodgers, I would say, are are kind of in flux only because they used Max Scherzer uh, to save Game 5 of the NLDS. He's in line for Game 1 on Saturday. I'm sure we'll find out later Friday, like a, maybe officially. Sort of the plan is still him pitching Game 1, and he said he didn't throw his, his between-starts bullpen in anticipation of possibly pitching Game 5, so maybe that's part of it. I think though even if like if he does still start game one and i 
the way the rotation lines up, he kind of has to start game one for the Dodgers. But I think um, he might be limited a little bit. Like uh, Dave Roberts, I think last night said, you know, there's going to be a cost for that sort of gambit that they use. And I think the cost might be uh, him having a little bit of a shorter leash. But <laughs> at the very least, we'll see the great theater of, Dave Roberts having to explain to Max Scherzer that he's no longer pitching in a game and having <laughs> Max Scherzer try to bite his head off or something. Uh, so that'll be fun. But yeah, so I think if the Dodgers line up the way they want to, and I think this is probably what's going to happen, it'll be Scherzer game one, Walker Bueller on four days rest in game two, and then Julio Urias in game three. And then after that, we figure out. So what, what are the Braves sort of looking at right now? Well, Max Fried's for sure uh, game one. Um, you know, he was sitting there scheduled to pitch game five in NLDS if he was if it was needed. Um, uh, the interesting decision they uh, and like, I think that's a good way that uh, Dave Roberts put it there. The price you pay uh, for the for the gambit. You know, the Braves brought Charlie Morton back on short rest in game four against the Brewers, and it looks like they may push him to game three. Uh, and start Ian Anderson in game two. Um, that's not certain, uh, but I'm expecting, like I said, sometime Friday to figure to get for that to be announced. Uh, would not surprise me. Um, I think uh, there's some value in having getting Morton a couple of extra days and then also having him pitch that first game on the road um, over over maybe Ian, Ian Anderson. So, um, and I think if I'm not mistaken, that would potentially line him up for game seven start as well. So, you know, it works out still fairly well for the Braves, even if they do have to, if they do change the order. Um, so, you know, that's, that's what it looks like. Now game four, we're going to have to probably going to have to see what the roster looks like to really project, but that's probably going to be a, a full blown bullpen game of some point of some kind. Yeah. Charlie Morton, um, the Dodgers have faced him. Uh, this will be the third time in the last uh, five postseasons. The previous two matchups were in the World Series. Uh, I believe at Dodger Stadium, he he pitched the last four innings of Game 7 in 2017 and got the win. So he's they are very familiar with him. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned him like potentially starting Game 7. I think that's also why the Dodgers would prefer to, even at, in a limited fashion, have Scherzer go game one because it sets them up to have those three guys in the first three and then also, you know, um, five, six, seven. So, but in a game four, it's the same thing with the Dodgers. Like Tony Gonsolin is like nominally the guy, but he's also a pitcher that they all almost always have a short leash on. Uh, so even if he's pitching, he's like two times through the order tops and it's probably more of a bullpen game and it kind of depends. And then, the I guess the difference between this series and the division series is that there's no extra off day. So you have those three games in a row, potentially um, in Los Angeles next week. Um, so that that'll it'll be interesting to see how like you maybe maybe the teams add an extra reliever this round uh, just to sort of counter that. Um, I think both bullpens seem pretty rested as well especially the like the Braves right they they have the extra rest because they won in four instead of five but like yeah so the pitching staff I think that's sort of where we're looking at game four is going to be like the most interesting in terms of how they like puzzle this together yeah I agree with that um the bullpen Braves leaned hard on that bullpen in fact up until uh game four you know they really only used 
Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, and uh, Will Smith in uh, in those games. And Matzik, it Matzik looked a little a little gassed his last appearance uh, in Game Four, but he got the job done. Um, you know they'll have to expand that uh, as they go forward. Um, but uh, I do think, uh, in fact, Brian Snicker said today, you know those those extra days off between the series uh, were huge huge for the Braves bullpen. Um, so, you know, going into the series, you know, it seems like everybody's rested and, and all. It's just going to, it's on the, from the Braves standpoint, it's going to be a little interesting to see what they do with the roster uh, in, in terms of number of pitchers um, and, and go from there. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a good series. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Tyler Matzek, I, I just remember him. He was so impressive last year in the NLCS. Like, uh, uh, just just a, a t- just a tough pitcher to face, man. It was it was crazy. But let's talk about a little bit about the offenses now. Um, you mentioned like the the Braves sort of like remade their team. I think that's most evident in the outfield. And um, uh, Dodgers fans at least get to experience Jocktober from the other side now. And so th- this is. This will be an exciting uh, series from that standpoint. So uh, tell us a little bit about like the Braves' new outfield. Well, you know, at the trade deadline, right before the trade deadline, they picked up Jock Peterson um, from the Cubs. And then at the trade deadline, traded for Austin, uh, Adam Duvall, and then uh, uh, Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler. Now, Soler is uh, currently – Soler, they're preparing for Soler to miss the entire NLCS. Um, he tested positive uh, prior to game four. Uh, there is a chance he could return in the series. Um, but, you know, right now the there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, updates in regards to his status. So, uh, you know, I think if he is back, it's going to be late in the series. Um, so, uh, but Jock Peterson made a, you know, I mean, he didn't get that name Jocktober for for nothing. I mean, he had just first three games, he he's coming off the bench. He hit a home run in the game in game one. He had a single in game two. He had a the three three run home run in game three that, you know, in my opinion, really kind of set the set the momentum going. Uh, he started game four and. Uh, you know, and I expect him to be in the lineup now. Uh, Solar out for sure. It's a, you know, it was, it's kind of interesting. Brace had a good problem. It was a good problem to have. You had four good guys that were playing well for three spots, and and somehow Jock kind of ended up being the uh, the odd man out for a while, especially down the stretch. But you know, it, it's big. It's big uh, to have that guy, that odd man, the odd guy out um, off the bench. Uh, Eddie Rosario didn't start game four. He came through, comes through with a huge uh, two run single, you know, that tied that game back up, kind of got them back off the de- uh, deck a little bit. So, you know, you're going to see all those guys probably at some point. Um, they've, I mean, they saved the season. Brazier running guys out there that uh, credit to them, they kind of kept them, you know, kept them from really sinking off, but they just weren't everyday players. Um, you know, so, you know, that's, that was, that was huge. Uh, remaking the outfield, it was something they just absolutely had to do if, if they were going to stay in contention. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. 
So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I mentioned the the Braves uh, pitching in the last two months. Um, at, like, so I guess I think this is right. I think the Braves lost on August first, but after that, they were thirty six and eighteen as a team. And again, third best in the majors, not just the National League. Only Dodgers and Giants were better. So, like, they're they're like right there, right? They're they're playing excellent. Um, I would say Jock is one of the most like just ridiculously fun players to watch. He's kind of insane sometimes. Like he's, he, I mean, he's just hilarious for one thing. Like he has the what what, what was he's has like the the rally pearls going right the, now. Yeah, like, yeah, he's wearing the pearl necklace now, and um, and I mean, just everybody's everybody's just eating it up. And I mean, like you said, this is a loose group, you know. And I mean, that's one thing. That's one thing that I do feel like is different. Um, you know, these last few playoff runs, Braves have come in, you know, they're kind of tight. They're not as experienced at it. This group feels like they're, they're loose. They're relaxed. Um, you know, they're, they're not coming in tight. They're not coming in with the weight of all the expectations because let's, let's be honest. I mean, you know, they played in the NL East and they've, you know, I think they were, they were probably an under underdog against the Brewers and they're going to be an underdog, you know, for the rest of the playoffs, as long as they stay in. And I think Jock's a guy like Jock Peterson and Guillermo Radia, those guys have, have been tremendous in keeping that locker room loose uh, as far as you say, but yeah, the, the pearls, I can't remember exactly when they showed up. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen a baseball player with a pearl <laughs> necklace before, <laughs> but uh, you know, definitely Atlanta, Atlanta's eating it up. Yeah, he Jock does not get cheated on any swing. That's what I sort of love watching about him. And he just absolutely, in a normal year, I know he struggled a little bit this year, but uh, he normally murders right-handed pitching. So, like, that's that's something to watch, I think. Um, you mentioned the, the Braves having, like, four outfielders basically for three spots, especially when Soler is healthy. The Dodgers are kind of in that way now. Like, A.J. Pollock was excellent for them. Like, this season, he was excellent last regular season struggled a little bit in the postseason like he, he his first year with the Dodgers in 2019 he was terrible in the postseason over I think he was over 13 with 11 strikeouts just one of the worst series like you could have he's been really good since then however he struggled in a couple games and then like all of a sudden Gavin Lux started the last two games in the outfield and he's an infielder whose literal first games in the outfield as a professional came like in the beginning of September when he was in the minors and then they called him back up. So he's kind of hit his way into a role. He's fast. So they kind of like, they even they're playing him in center field sometimes, which is honestly shocking. Like uh, I did not see that like coming at least to this degree, but I think that'll be a thing that they'll have to solve. Like they have Gavin Lux, who's a left-handed batter. Then you have Chris Taylor and AJ Pollock who are both right-handed Cody Bellinger is obviously a very good defensive center fielder and he's a left-handed batter, but 
the Dodgers also are without Max Muncy uh, with his elbow dislocation. Now that they're being super cagey about Muncy being available in the NLCS. It, I don't see like they, they showed a picture last night of the post-game celebration and he's still sitting there with it's He's not, he doesn't have the full brace on, but the way his arm was like, he was holding his arms like that's not something you could swing with. Right. Like it just, it seemed very bad. So I think if, if he's available in the NLCS, I think it would be one of those things where he's added to the roster late or man, I can't see them putting him on the roster to not use him. So I think it'd be like, you never say someone's going to fake an injury, but I think that's what it would take. Like, like Steven Souza jr somehow making the roster again and then like, Oh, my arm, you know, like something like that. And then, and then I, I just, I have a hard time seeing them use a roster spot on Muncie unless they're absolutely certain uh, he could play there. They were very cagey from the reporters in San Francisco. Andrew Friedman was saying like, he wouldn't even confirm like whether Muncie's been batting, you know, in the cage and stuff. So and I can't, I don't know if he is. So, that's a thing, but so that's where the, so the Dodgers out. So Bellinger plays a lot of first, and then I guess against the left-hander, so Max Freed, I, I would imagine Albert Pujols gets the start in game one because he's been killing left-handers all year. Uh, so that'll be – that'll probably solve itself. But, yeah, it, it'll be interesting, um, The uh, just the offense. Um, you know, Mookie Betts had an excellent uh, NLDS. Uh, he and, uh, and then, like, Corey Seager and Trey Turner – kind of carried the Dodgers down the stretch. Both both Turners for the Dodgers uh, did not have a good division series, but Justin Turner's been one of the like the most consistent like Dodgers in the postseason. So, you know, you expect him to do something at some point. And then Trey Turner's obviously very good. And and he has like obviously more experience against the Braves. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's just, uh, there's a lot to like about this series. And like, I haven't even, <laughs> I haven't even talked about Freddie Freeman. Like, just he had hit the game-winning home run in the NLDS, and I mean he's just obviously is excellent. Uh, I, I, there's there's just a lot to like about this series. Oh, no doubt about that. And you know, you were talking about the roster decisions. I'm expecting it's going to be interesting to see what the Braves do there as well. You know, they char- they carried Tar- Terrence Gore in the NLDS. Um, you know, and he didn't spend a day on the major league roster all season. Um, you know, and, and re- when Jorge Soler tested positive, they replaced him with Christian Pache. You know, I don't see them carrying both of those guys um, for the um, for the NLCS for a seven game series. I don't I don't think you'd want to do that. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what they who they add. Uh, they don't have the options um, that the Dodgers really have uh, as far as that goes. So, you know, that could be a surprise. Um Maybe they carry an extra pitcher uh, for the longer series, um, but that bench gets shallow real quick. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to see how that goes. And, yeah, you're right. Braves fans are very familiar with Trey Turner, who has been a, a, a Braves killer for a long time. And I was looking today at that roster at, at the Dodgers lineup just without Max Muncy, and it was still – and, you know, there's Trey Turner, there's uh, Corey Seager – you know, Bellinger hit the big home run last year. I don't care what he did in regular season. You know, that's, um, you know, every time I try to talk myself into, Hey, the Braves got a chance here, you know, then you start looking at that lineup for the Dodgers and it's just like, wow, that's a, that's a really, really good team over there. So, you know, they're going to have to catch some breaks and along the way, but I'm expecting a good series. Um, 
you know, no doubt uh, the way the way the Braves have been pitching right now. I, I mean, it's almost like a throwback a little bit with uh, Freed and Morton at the top, and they're going to need those guys. They're going to need them all the way through this series. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, if the Dodgers carry uh, another pitcher, it's probably going to be left-hander Justin Brule. Like if they add a thirteenth arm, I guess. Um, but even then, like, so they they didn't use Tony Gonsolin at all in the NLDS. They, did, I mean, I'm certain they'll use him at some point in the NLCS. They didn't use David Price. He was battling like elbow stuff down the stretch. So, and he wasn't really effective the last two months. He's been like generally fine, but like it'll be hard to see some of these guys, you know, get it, especially not in high leverage. But yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Um, you mentioned Bellinger too. So, you know, so he hit the, the, what ultimately was the pennant winning home run for the Dodgers in game seven last year against the Braves. But then on the play, uh, celebrating, he dislocated his shoulder and then had to have surgery in the offseason. It just, like, set him in motion on, the like, literally the worst year of his career. You know, he had the shoulder surgery, so he's been – his power was like, has been completely sapped for the most part. But then he didn't have, really have a spring training until, like, the last two weeks – then like the fifth game of the season on a freak play at first and a blowout game in the ninth, um, he, his leg got stepped or got spiked in the leg and he broke his tibia. And so he missed, uh, I think it was 49 games or 46 games or something. Uh, and then later he injured his hamstring. And then speaking of Gavin Lux, the outfielder in one of Gavin Lux's first games in the outfield playing left, he collided with Bellinger on a play that, should have been like Bellinger's to catch, I think, and broke uh, one of Bellinger's ribs. <laughs> so he missed time then. So, and, and I think his WRC plus is 48 uh, on the year. He hit like uh, in the, you know, one, one sixties for most of the year. Uh, but that said, like, he's like slowly, but surely like coming around. Like, I don't expect, he's not going to be like a superpower guy necessarily, but, he had a big two-run double in Game Two against the Giants. He had, he literally had the series-winning hit in Game Five. Um, so, like, yeah, he it's it, it was a problem uh, for most of the season because, like, Bellinger like probably played maybe more often than he should. They had some injuries, but uh, like, you know, you could. It's not. I guess it's not as uh, it's as bad as it was. Like so, like there's hope at least for for Bellinger wise. But yeah, it's um, there's a lot of those little like subplots. I forgot about uh, Jock Peterson earlier. Uh, so in 2016 with the Dodgers in Game Five against the Nationals, he homered in the seventh against Max Scherzer to tie that game uh, in what was like a very epic Game Five at the time. So like there's history there. Like. There's just a, a ton of history in this. I, I, I forgot to ask you to, um, you know, Will Smith, uh, the Braves closer, just following like Braves Twitter from afar. It seems like every time he comes in, it's it's like a, a dumpster fire, uh, just or just the, the reaction. But I was looking at the numbers like the last, what, couple weeks, like he, it seems like he's been pretty good. Like, but like, I don't know. What, what, what are your just general thoughts on him? He's he's been better. Um, yeah. he, there was a stretch there where he he struggled a pretty good bit. He is one of those relievers. You know, he's going to put somebody on in the ninth. I, I forget as ridiculously um, 
a low amount of clean innings from Will Smith this season. And we <laughs> saw it. You saw that in the NLDS. I mean, you know, he uh, he gets a guy on and gives up a rocket, but it's right at somebody, you know. So he's he feels like he's playing with fire. He's not that he's not that guy that comes in uh, that you're like game over, you know, and, and which is kind of ironic because everybody pointed at Josh Hader who, you know, through the the pitch that pretty much decided the series. I mean, going into that series, if I'd have told you one of the closers was going to give up the deciding <laughs> home run, all the money would have been on Will Smith for sure. Uh, but he has been better. Um, it's interesting. He's going to get the ninth. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, uh, I would be shocked if they went another direction, but we've seen Tyler Matzik and Luke Jackson in a lot of high leverage, high leverage spots. Um, you know, so they're the bridge to get there. But uh, like you said, Smith, Smith's, uh, Smith's numbers, it's a little deceiving. They're a little deceiving. There's a lot of traffic on the bases. He makes it exciting. Um, you know, and it's, it's interesting since he got COVID to start the season last year and missed a good bit. I mean, he was really good last year, except when he gave up contact, the ball left the yard and that kind of, con- that kind of continued in the playoffs and it's still kind of been a little bit of a problem. I think he's had some control issues, like really locating the fastball, and he gets slider happy. And when he gets slider happy, that's when he he tend, tends to leave one in the in the middle of the strike zone. So you know he's been spotting the fastball better of late. And you know I mean the Braves got to hope that 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 uh, that continues because uh, you know I figure he'll he's going to be if these games are as close as they were in the regular season, he's going to figure in he's going to figure in just about every one of them. Last year, um, Kenley Jansen was kind of in that boat with the Dodgers. He had a, a kind of an up and down season, and by the time the NLCS rolled around, he was kind of in don't use uh, until, unless emergency kind of a thing. He but they sort of played his way back into it later in the series, but he ended up not closing it out. But um, this year, he had his his sort of rough patch in July, and since then, he's been like like legitimately great. Like uh, his big thing this year was his control and his walks. And he's kind of improved that quite a bit, but he's, he's missing bats. He's, he's mixing in more than just the cutter. And like, so I would say Jansen and, and Blake Trinan, Blake Trinan's the guy the Dodgers will probably most likely use like more than an inning, but like before Jansen. So you could see a situation where Jansen and Trinan in games, the Dodgers ahead, maybe getting the last, seven or eight outs or something like that. And then I would imagine Alex Vesey is really their only leverage uh, left-handed reliever. So he's going to probably see a lot of matchups, I would imagine, late with Freddie Freeman or uh, even Jock Peterson or, or just something like that. So I, I, the Dodgers bullpen, uh, I think – I think maybe the 2017 bullpen and in like this sort of current run w- might have been better, but this is almost as good just generally as a pen as they've had. So it's weird because you're always like playoffs are always nervous, and even a really good pen, you're you're always nervous about it. But this is like the least nervous I think I've been about a Dodgers bullpen in a while. So again, it's just another one of those like um, things that sort of make this a good matchup. Now, so Dodgers were the wild card team. Uh, so even though they had a better record, they're going to start off on the road The the Braves have home field advantage. So the first two are in Atlanta. Um, I guess, uh, since, since we're doing this as a preview, shall we make uh series predictions? Do you, do you have, do you, how do you think the series will play out? 
Uh, well, you know, uh, it's I, I expected the Braves. I, I picked the Braves to beat beat the Brewers. Um, you know, the Dodgers is a completely different animal. Uh, you know, and it's going to be tough, no doubt. But uh, there's there's just something about this team this time. There's no quit in them. Um, so you know, I I will go my official prediction. I'll go Braves in seven somehow. I don't know how. I don't know how they'll get there. You know, at some point. But I think if they get a chance to play for it. I think last year's disappointment is going to f- kind of feed into that a little bit, um, you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's it. I mean, it, it, if you'd asked me in June, if they'd be in the NLCS, I, I thought I would be through, you know, they'd have been through two weeks ago because uh, they just looked dead in the water, but this has been a different team since the start of August, um, you know, so I think they can play in there and I think it goes seven and I'm, I'm going to say since Braves are at home, because of uh, a, a rule, uh, a crazy rule quirk <laughs> there, I think uh, I think that's going to be the difference. Now, uh, this is one of those things too, where like if it was me playing, I I would be certain there would be a letdown after the Giants series, right? Like I'd go into the race series just like exhausted, and oh, we finally got through that, and then oh crap, we have to play again. Uh, so, but I, I don't see like the Dodgers, you know, they're everyone, they're all professionals. And so maybe mentally there could be a little bit of a letdown and that's the, sort of the worry. And obviously the Dodgers are starting on the road. Uh, so that's, that's sort of a worry as well. That said, I, I mean, look, this is, I mean, I, it feels weird because I, I hate picking like chalk all the time, but like they are obviously going to be the favorites heading into it. And, but I just think there's enough like little like landmines where Braves have home field. Um, they've been playing really well. I think they're like a fundamentally like different team the last two months than they were earlier in the season, especially in that period where everyone was hurt or missing. Um, so I think, but I do think the Dodgers will prevail, but it, it might, it, it probably like, uh, they won't I don't think they could do it in like five games. That would be the way to for the Dodgers to like win the series at home. So that'll be that's tough. So I but I do think the Dodgers will win. So I'll say Dodgers in six. Now I guess one final question to you. If uh in terms of ceremonial first pitches, if if Shane Green and Nate Jones were to throw <laughs> ceremonial first pitches, where would they throw them? Like Dodgers legends, Braves legends. Uh, like how how do we solve this? Ah, shoot, I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm I'm mad that you guys cut Shane Green to yeah. he's not in this series. Uh, which is is sad because Shane Green was a huge part of that team yeah. last year too. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, I forgot Nate Jones was even with the right. Atlanta early on. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it's weird. It's weird how how both of these teams have have inter intermingled. Uh, you know, across uh, like you said, going back to um, even even 2018. You know, there's so many so many small uh, storylines to this series. It's going to be fun. Yeah, Shane Green even recorded a save for the Dodgers this year. Like that's how wild they've had like ten different guys. Uh, record a save. I forgot to mention too. Terrence Gore was in that role with the Dodgers last year. He he played actually played two games in the regular season. But this was like early on, but he he you know he didn't bat. They used him as a pinch runner, but he didn't even get an, like a chance to steal. So it was a real disappointment. He made two the first two playoff rosters last year, the wild card and the division series, 
active for five games, not used once. We were robbed of Terrence Gore. So <laughs> I, I hope he makes the roster just because I like having that like designated speed guy. I just think it's it's fun, like and it's a, like another thing. But like this series, like like you mentioned, it's good enough uh where it doesn't necessarily need the um the extra stuff. There's enough substance with just the Dodgers and just the Braves. I think it's going to be an excellent series. They're going to meet up for the third time in four years. Um, looking forward to a great series. Uh, Chris, uh, people can find your work at Talking Chopped. Uh, and you're on Twitter. At, is it uh, Chris Willis or is there an underscore? I forget. There's an underscore, yeah. Chris underscore Willis and it's Chris with a K. Yeah. And then I'm at uh, True Blue LA and I'm on Twitter at Eric Steven. Just my name uh, straight through. Eric with a C. And uh, this has been the SB Nation NLCS preview presented by T-Mobile. Thanks for listening, everybody. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.